Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrullo, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's happening? Good morning, Vietnam. What is happening? Um, <laughs> I had a fun weekend. Uh, World Naked Bike Ride Chicago was this weekend. Uh, it was the first time I've ever done the WNBR in Chicago because last year uh, it got canceled for some weird reason. <laughs> and um, different cities do it at you know different times. It's sometimes it's organized, sometimes it's not organized. Uh, and you know, I think Dublin, Ireland holds the record for the largest one. Several years ago, it was like twenty thousand people turned out for that. Uh, I know, like New York City does it, Portland does it, Chicago, some other, maybe LA does it. I don't know. I've never really seen anything about it there, but uh, we we had about three thousand people was my head count, and wow. uh, you know, most people don't go fully naked; they'll just strip down to their underwear. There's a few kind of creepy guys that just like a huge beer gut, you know, and then like you know, micro penis, right? And they're they're <laughs> They're very prevalent there, and they're always there, you know, by themselves. You know, it's like you have, West. It's the same yeah, theory. yeah. And then you have like, you know, like almost every young woman there is there with like their boyfriend, right? Or right, girlfriend. Right. You know, like, that could turn to a sketchy scene if you're there by yourself. I, I mean, not eh. like the, not the, but like you know, you never know. It's just you know, they're they're really clear about you know, like, hey, if you see anyone being a fucking pervert let let one of the volunteers know and they do have volunteers right. with vests on they're not like micromanaging the ride or anything but it's just you know it's fun and there's tens of thousands of you know uh spectators who are rolling through uh bar districts on a on a saturday night and everyone's cheering high fives you know it's that that's one of the funnest things is you just like rolling by on a, on, a, on a huge parade of bicycles and everyone's cheering you you know <laughs> just for the fact that you're you're nude or almost nude and uh, you know, just a great feeling, just just fun. Um, you know, drivers are kind of just like, okay, I'll, I'll I'm willing to sit here and wait and watch this, um, mm. right? So right. that was a lot of fun. And then it seems uh, like it'd be uncomfortable to ride. Like you know, no. bike seats are not super. It's it's not. No, it's actually way way more comfortable. Um, really, because it, I mean, the thing that makes riding a bike saddle uncomfortable is that at the exact point where all your weight is is usually the exact you know, like seam of your underwear. So it's rubbing right. on that back and forth, right? So any, any or like of your the, jeans too, like the, yeah, the, the less layers you have rubbing at the point where you're connecting with the saddle, the more comfortable it is now. Yeah, I, like I, I don't, I, I've always just worn underwear. Like I'm not, I don't, I don't feel the need to have my uh, genitals hanging out while I'm riding around. <laughs> uh, if some people want to do that, that's great. That's, that's, you know, the, the motto is as bare as you dare. And it's uh, whatever people will feel comfortable with. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And um, yeah, no, that was, it was, it was a good time. Um, so you go with the Trevor from, from Grand Theft Auto V, the uh, meth head look, just, just the, or, or the Walter White look, I guess. Yeah, I don't. I don't wear white briefs though. So no, yeah, I no. <laughs> <laughs> a, little, a little more sense than that. But right, uh, yeah, and you know they they say like, oh, if you take anyone's picture, be sure to ask the permission, which which goes out saying. But then like, you know, you'll you'll see on Facebook somebody literally like just set up a a camera on a tripod right. and literally just held the shutter open for nine minutes. And took thousands of photographs, high res photos of every single person in the entire ride as it passed. And, and like, you know, they'll post the link somewhere and it, it gets hundreds of likes and no one has any problem with it. So it's it's like, 
you know, you're in the. I feel you're like in, if you're doing that in public, you're kind of like, all right, well, I, I, I'm more or less okay with whoever's seeing me. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you kind of just have to go with it. Like you, right. you're in, you're in the public right of way. You know, you, you're. If someone walks up to you and says, you know, just takes your picture, that's one thing. But sure. it's just people have different different levels of understanding. But I think everyone's just at the end of the day, it's like if you're gonna go out in public and be unclothed, you're probably not shy about having someone take your picture whether they ask right. your permission or not even though they right. should they still should you know right, what, right what can you do what can you do but um right well oh and then so, i saw this then i saw this yeah. this has nothing to do with any of the other things we just talked about or what we're going to talk about but did, did you see how the entire state of texas sent out a blue alert to every single i, I just saw phone? that and i was like what is that and i looked it up and i was like oh okay that's that's fucking hilarious well, officer down oh my gosh everyone be on alert across the you know uh, a state that's a quarter of the country <laughs> right the the shooter could be literally anywhere um yeah no and, and then I, then they show a picture of the cop that got shot and he has a bruise on his chest he got shot and it didn't even like break I, his skin right so he got <laughs> shot with like a pellet gun or something like and I, I, I looked at and I didn't realize that that's who it was a picture of at first because it looked like this like pudgy 15 year old. I was like, what? This is the fucking cop. I mean, <laughs> who else signs up to be a cop in Texas right. other than pudgy 15 year olds? But but I mean, legit, I did not think that was a cop and that I read about what the blue alert was. And I was like, oh, it's, it's for them to to fucking cry about, you know, uh, an officer being being uh, injured or and it wasn't even it's not even I don't think it's even uh, necessarily only when an officer is shot it's just when an officer is quote-unquote attacked so like you know the, the millions of times where they claim fucking self-defense when they beat the shit out of somebody i'm sure you know if they wanted to they could send out a blue alert of you know how do you, how do you block that how do you block that on your phone like you can I, it's I, like I, a it's like those unblockable emergency alert or you know even those you can kind of block but like not i <laughs> there's i'm not you know no there's i'm gonna i'm gonna sue if i ever have that happen if that ever happens to me i will fucking go to court and sue somebody well, I, I think it's i think it's just texas i don't think that's like a I, i've never heard of that so i mean i can't imagine that'll be a niche but who you never know i mean i guess it depends who uh yeah who well we elected. had a we had a cop get shot here um in chicago shot and killed and you know the the fraternal order of police was you know got lucky uh, in this case, because they could really get a lot of mileage out of it, uh, because she was a young, pretty cop, right? Mm. So that that always helps when you're trying to, you know, really ramble all over home, the like, news. I'm sure all the all the vicious animals that are out there on the south side of Chicago, and and they they were like, this is the first time an officer has been killed since 2018 when two cops were hit by a metro train, and I was um. like, wait, so <laughs> they they weren't even targeted; they just got hit by a train. Because they were chasing a guy on the train tracks, got run over by a train. So, of course, the guy that they were chasing was charged with murder. Right. Because the train hit these two fucking dumbass cops who right. put their own lives at risk chasing Even a guy. It, it, like, really? So, I like, why were they chasing him on train tracks? That's not like, what What did he do beforehand that was worth, you know, getting hit by a train? Um, right. Even though they shouldn't be pursuing people anyway, especially if they have weapons. It's like fucking whatever. But, you know, it, it's that's also it's kind of hilarious and i mean not hilarious, but like the fact that they hadn't had one since 2018 yet they claim it's the most dangerous job in the world and meanwhile you could point to 
100 occupations in this country where people, multiple people, dozens of people die every year in job related uh, incidents. And it's like they fucking cry about well, being, you know. In- it's it's like most people don't have a gun with them on the job. Right, having a, having right. a gun with them makes their job extremely safe because everyone's afraid of them. Right. right? So and then of course the, the you know the mantra they were chanting was you know the, the Lori Lightfoot can't protect the police or you know it's it's like she gave you two hundred eighty million dollars of our COVID relief money. Right. For your little, them everything they fucking want. Right. Right. And it's it's just it, like you could not have a more cop friendly mayor than Lori Lightfoot. Uh, and, and then, of course, she goes to the hospital to visit this other cop who was wounded in the same incident. And they like turn their backs on her. You know, like, really? She's she's had your back the whole fucking time. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you, fucking like like her, fucking her, her response to defund the police was, oh, yeah, I'm going to fund the police more with your covid emergency relief money. Right. Right. Well, you know, while we're on the subject of COVID real quick, I just want to give a couple quick COVID updates. Mm. Um, so uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure if anyone saw, but uh, last night, uh, that Texas uh, governor's uh, press office released the fact that he is uh, positive for COVID. Uh, Greg, governor Greg Abbott, who um, I think actually passed a law that schools can't mandate, uh, can't put in place mask mandates they will face like fines and so some preposterous fucking law so like you know of course like if, not the not the fucking man he didn't pass a law saying hey you know since all of your kids are unvaccinated since it's not approved yet for them to take the vaccine they obviously should be wearing fucking masks until we can get them approved for the vaccine he passed a law saying you can't get a you can't even in you can't enforce masks at all like right which is one step short of you cannot wear a mask in school, which would be the next fucking thing. These lunatics. Well, you go would. and try to pass a mandate. We're going to, we're going to mandate against your mandate. How you like that? <laughs> right. Right. So, um, you know, it, but so it's, it's, it's a nice bit of irony. And by the way, he's fully vaccinated and still got COVID, which is something we're seeing a lot more of. Uh, I, there was that Mayo clinic study that came out, uh, that said like the, the, basically the Pfizer, uh, uh the Pfizer two shot is 48% effective at preventing you from getting covid now it's Ooh. still yeah 48% wow down which is down from like 90% with you know when it with, with the initial alpha strain when uh when do they so like what what are they tested on they test on lab rats and then that uh no no they 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 study pcr tests uh from like a bunch of states no no no. i mean when they when they get that 95 percent uh um statistic before it rolls out they did do clinical trials uh like as far back as like november i think yeah uh you know and like so that's why we didn't get vaccines till like january february march like like all those all those results were coming out of the initial like cut like two three month clinical trial when covid was fucking rampant because we had no vaccines at all um but you know it's still and and again it's still like 80 what was it 86 percent effective oh no i'm sorry okay so moderna was uh 86 percent effective and then pfizer was 76 percent effective against uh Wait, I'm sorry. I, 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 I got to pull this article up because I, I, these numbers are all fucking. Okay, no. So both were highly effective against hospitalization. Moderna is still 91% effective against hospitalization. Pfizer's 85% effective against hospitalization. Now that again, though, is the two shot 
Pfizer mRNA dose. So you still have a 15% chance of getting COVID so bad that you'd be hospitalized. But hmm. the, where the big drop was, was the um, efficacy against the infection. So uh, Pfizer dropped to, I'm sorry, I, my number was wrong. It's 42% effective. And Moderna is down to 76%. So Moderna is actually still holding pretty strong, but it's still a big drop off from, you know, 90%. Um, but again, I, you know, it, I, if you get the vaccine and you're like not an idiot and you wear a mask when you're in like a crowded place indoors, you'll be fine. But like people like Greg Abbott just go to giant uh, fucking, you know, Republican donor parties like he was at one last night or two nights ago, like right the night before he realized he had it. Uh, with just hundreds of maskless, you know, geriatric white people. Uh, so that I'm sure will 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 end hilariously. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's just you're but what we're starting to see now is that the school year is starting up and you're seeing a lot of hilarious uh psychotic clips on Twitter of um school board meetings because I mean these people that are like hardcore anti-vaxxers are just uh maniacs and I've seen so many, but the, this one in particular I wanted to play because it's it's really fucking it, it, it may be the craziest one I've seen. So apropos of nothing else, I wanted to play this clip. So uh, I want to describe what this guy looks like before we listen to it. Yeah, so, right. you can, okay. so for those who uh, haven't seen this, which is probably all of you, um, this guy's he is wearing a, a just imagine Statue of Liberty shirt. Like, imagine sam kinnison with dreadlocks that's right, about the like easiest that. i can do sam kinnison with dreadlocks wearing a t-shirt that's the color of a tennis ball with the statue of liberty on it <laughs> so yeah, you know you remember sam kinnison fucking you know like shot comedian from the 80s right 90s and and died course, young because right. he, he had a you know hot blood pressure of like a hundred and thousand over three right um just just just, just screaming just screaming right. into the microphone at all times his thing was like screaming into the microphone right and he was right. sometimes funny but also was one of these just like ex- ex- very he turned into a gimmick very, act a little bit yeah just one of these like really homophobic you know comedians back in the right, 80s right, right. so imagine that uh but with dreadlocks and uh at a city council meeting um and you can you can almost tell what he's going on about, but you almost can't tell either. And it's like you could just take like rearrange a couple of words, and this could be a rant about literally anything, anything. Right. right. Scummy blonde dreadlocks, by the way, if that also helps paint a picture. So yeah, here is here is the clip of of this uh, this upstanding gentleman. Of your back, and they should be begging you to do the right thing. You're about to open a pit of hell. You do not get a vaccine passport put on us. You know, as the population who's in control, you know that the people or the politicians, once you get a power, you will never relinquish it. Do you think that the four feet of marble that holds you above? in this chamber will help you from the fate of humanity which you are unleashing no it won't your children and your children's children will be subjugated they will be asked how many vaccines have you had have you been a good little nazi hail fauci hail fauci 
Hulk Hogan they, called. He wants you to dial it back a little bit there, guy. I, I just I love how calmly they let him know his time's expired because it's like <laughs> this guy is at every city council meeting, every school oh, board meeting. Hundred percent. This 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 performance he does that committee or council or school board they could not be more bored by that. I mean, most people <laughs> right. you'd hear that and be like, "Oh my god, we need to call the police or something." And I guarantee you that guy's that guy's act is purely like you know he goes to church and he gets all worked up who knows he might even have his own little congregation built out of a pole barn um right but yeah that that guy's gone to a lot of church right like his his right his his, his pattern there his cadence is you know like that's that's a very evangelical um template it's evangelical or or it's like it's almost like a pro wrestling delivery it's just very stagey very like like an 80s pro wrestling delivery very over the yeah. top but well he um <laughs> it's just funny you go with what works right the, you're the trying funny, to work, work, right you're trying to hype the crowd you're trying to hype the crowd right so the funniest thing is that the, there's this woman behind him who's wearing like a mask and it looks like a good mat like she clearly is like someone that either works there or is like whatever and she at one point when he starts yelling she like readjusts her mask to make sure it's on her face tight <laughs> she's it, it's just the funniest wow. little video visual in the back I, of that shot that I, I hope caught. somebody disinfected that microphone because he's literally like right. it's almost in his mouth and <laughs> there's that guy's got to have some spittle flying i tell you I just, you know, and these people are just harmless fucking psychopaths. But I also think that if the, enough of them got in a large enough group, they would certainly like lynch people that were like trying to like, like, a, like they would lynch a doctor if they got him court. Like I, these people are just, they already so are. Delusional. Have, you, have you seen these, these mobs in the street, these anti-masker mobs that look like the proud boys that are out there right, yeah, yeah. attacking people and trying to rip their masks off their face? Yeah. It's so. indistinguishable from like a proud boy rally right and and there was yeah, yeah. I, it, right and like i would just love for them to fucking tr- and not not even like i'm trying to sound like a tough guy but i'd love to see them try that shit on somebody who you know they they, they almost exclusively target like women walking around with masks i don't know if you saw that one video where they like they like detained that woman like physically detained her and then the cop came and like arrested the guy detaining her and arrested her because of course what else is the cop going to do but fucking exacerbate the situation? Mm. Um, but but it's no, just, I didn't yeah. see that one. But that I mean, like, what else is right? New? It's just par for the course. But um, but yeah, no, yeah, try try that shit on somebody <sighs> who's not who's not going to just stand there and accept you assaulting them in public. I honestly just I I feel like I'm done living in a society. Like I've had I, enough re, time every day. Right, I've had enough time. Too. Uh, you know, like like there, there was a point where I was like, why doesn't my father go out and socialize? You know, when I was young, like why does he just like <laughs> want to stay home and and drink? You know, and watch right. movies. It's like because that's no one can bother you as soon as you right. leave the house. There's some bullshit you're gonna have to deal with, right? right. It's just it's guaranteed. It's gonna be you know trying to cross the street and some guy 
blows a red light and almost runs you over, or you know, you're trying to ring up your fucking uh, white claw at the CVS and you know can't ring yourself up for a age restricted item, and no one's coming to check your ID for ten minutes. Stand there, you know, some fucking bullshit. There's always some fucking bullshit. But there's there's always, and I, I hate the term, but it really is an accurate term. There's always like countless microaggressions that I that we have to deal with every day when we go out in public right. and i fully get why people are just like yeah fuck this i'm gonna go live in the woods i and, and yeah trap my own rainwater and like, like I, fucking you know you know it's the idea of you being able to, to to walk everywhere and shop for everything on a daily basis sounds great but then it's like oh i have to leave the house every day to go buy something like right i, I kind of want to go get an suv and just load it up with you know, a month's worth of supplies at Costco and then not leave the house for 30 days. That sounds right. fucking great. That sounds right. fucking really nice to me these days, honestly, with as fucked up as everything is. Um, Ugh, yeah. God. Well, speaking oh, what, of fucked up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to get to Afghanistan, but real quick, I, we, on the show, uh, several weeks ago, we did, we were talking about the, the SOS Cuba fake hashtag. that was mm. seemingly came out of nowhere Right. Where uh, literally dozens of people took to the streets of Havana to protest against the government. And then, you know, the next day, like uh, 300,000 people uh, came out to rally for the communist government. Um, And and yet this SOS Cuba hashtag was uh, very bot like in that it was like the exact same sentence structure posted from all these accounts that had three followers that were just made in June. Right. right. Uh, all based out of like Langley, Virginia or Miami. And I, I speculated there must have been a reason why that moment there was this huge, you know, astroturf um, anti-Cuba, anti-communist hashtag resistance going on. And my theory was that, you know, it was like there was so much in the news about this condo collapse in Miami that like they were trying to get it out of the news in South Florida. Right. And they need something right. like what's what's fucking catnip for people in, in Miami. Right. And it's anything about, you know, the 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 authoritarian dictatorship of Fidel Castro. And sure enough, I hadn't I realized yesterday I hadn't seen a single thing about that condo collapsing and killing hundreds of people ever since then. Right. And I, w- I went and looked it up. And even in like the top searches, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find anything about it. The only thing I could find was like, oh, that condo was in some of the uh, archival footage from the Netflix documentary series, Cocaine Cowboys. And I was like, who the fuck cares? Like what happened to the hundreds of dead people? And so I, like I had to click on, I had to click on news to find any actual news about it. And the Mm -hmm. last article that Google pulled up was from a week ago saying that they'd finally found the last body. Or you oh. know, whatever pancake was left of it, uh, right. under under millions of uh, pounds of concrete, and it was like, wh- where's that wasn't trending? They they found the last body like that. Like there was no like nothing on Twitter about it. Um. So yeah, I, I was like, hey, remember when the CIA got a fake hashtag about the Cuba trending, and then we never heard anything about the hundreds of killed by the condo collapsed in Miami ever since. So mission accomplished. <laughs> I I fucking called it. I called it. Like they literally that's what they fucking did. This is how they manipulate the news. Like, oh, guess what? Uh the, the, and then they tried to hide it at the, at the time. They tried to say, "Well, this is the this is the third worst building collapse in US history." Well, the other two was 9/11 in Oklahoma City, which were not 
they didn't collapse. They didn't collapse for no reason. <laughs> Somebody blew them up, right? right? So that that means the Miami collapse was the single worst <clears throat> spontaneous building collapse in U.S. history. Right. So and it was, you know, it was getting more and more people saying like, "What the fuck? Like, are are any of our buildings in uh, you know the capitalist real estate utopia of America safe?" And you know, like, what? How do we? How do we pivot away from that? How do we? Right. Quick, get... quick, quick! Change the subject. No, don't make them start looking into. Oh, that. but the, 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 there's no food on the shelves in communist Cuba. <laughs> right, right. Wow, and it, it's kind of crazy how insidious that shit is because, like, it really over a seemingly innocuous thing, but obviously, like you said, it it had more significant roots of like, oh well, what, once they start looking into the fact that none of these buildings were built structurally sound and they were all built, you know, by the, by the lowest bidder and built to rush everything, you know, the, the, they, they're all like a, um, a macro version of the landlord special, you know, the, the painting over the electrical sockets kind of thing. Like, it's right. Just- right. Oh, and then I saw this the other day, somebody posted this in, in, uh, in the bountiful capitalist United States, um, grocery stores that still are having problems putting food on the shelf. They put up curtains over the shelves with printed <laughs> pictures of, yeah. So they like, oh, we don't have enough food to fill the aisles, and we don't want it. You're like, we'll put up, we'll put up pictures of food so that people won't will be like tricked and be like, oh, hey, it's not real, but uh, at least I don't see empty shelves anywhere. At least like, we're not in communist Cuba where they can't keep food on the shelves. Yeah, where they actually have plenty of food. It's just that you don't right, have you don't have forty thousand different kinds of things made out of corn. You only have one thousand. So right. yeah, there's three cereals instead of forty five cereals that, that all basically fucking taste the same. You know, like, right? Like oh, the labels all are all have simpler graphic design on them. Oh no! <laughs> right, because they're not. Oh, run I can by actually, fucking, mass I can actually fucking read what's on there instead of you know trying to read this this microscopic text because half the can is is a fucking you know this just cornucopia of of graphic design to show every different texture possible from you know the water dripping off the lettuce to the you know it's like just tell me what's in the fucking thing. I know what it looks like. I'm gonna right. I'm gonna open it and eat it later. Right. So, yeah, and, and then somebody, some dumbass in the comments, um, said something like, "Oh, this looks like communist Cuba," and I'm like, "Yeah, where they print labels and where they uh, print the price tags in fucking English, genius." <laughs> it's just, it's so funny when people do that shit, and they do that with China too. Like, what are we, China? What are we, North Korea? When it's something that's being done, like when it's like, nothing, "Hey, this horrible thing happens like to it. the something." Some, that- yeah, you remember the the fucking uh, New York City subway flooding, right? Right. right. Um, it looks like China. Like, uh, actually, in in China, they have subway platforms that look like the fucking Olympics. <laughs> like, right, right. You're never going to see shit like that there. Right. It, people just have. I don't think people realize how much internalized uh, white supremacy and kind of American imperialist uh training that they have like even people that think that they are not like when they think about like oh well yeah obviously every other country is a shithole compared to the united states they've they've never even seen pictures of it they've never even seen a picture they've never even thought to google a bit like right it's like they never even you know where you know who has curiosity yeah there's a city in china that has a a bus rapid transit line that moves fifty thousand people an hour wow that's how efficient their fucking shit is there. 50,000 people an hour. And you know how they do that? 
with with BRT bus rapid transit is mm. there's no cars allowed on that street. It's only fucking buses. That's how you move fifty thousand people an hour. Is you get rid of the fucking cars. <laughs> and it's just probably a bus every three minutes, like you know, coming by or whatever. Uh, every thirty seconds. Yeah. Right. No. Right. It's it's like wow. there's but there's no way you it's could move. A- you know. I mean, the fucking. You've got cities of 25 million people, 25 million people in one city. And you think you're going to move that around if every single person is taking up, uh, you know, the, the same amount of space as a small apartment to move one person right. on the street? No, it's insane. So there's no amount. Just on a side note, though, there's no amount of money you can pay me to live in a city with 25 million other people. <laughs> like, I, I, I know, know it's better. Really, for it, It's just, oh, you know, God. At, at, at any given time, though, there, there's so many high-rise towers packed so tightly together that at any given time it's it's not like 25 million people are out on the street at the same time you know um there's just there's more vertical real estate that's really all there is i'm I'm sure it's dense though at times where you're just like fuck this is a lot of people (laughs) you know it's it's also just you know the the amount of like la is is 460 square miles but most of that it's just like single floor houses right right right. one or two floor houses right it's not that it's not that dense at all but imagine if you had 460 square miles of uh, you know 40 story towers and just that Mm. you know like that that's how you get that kind of density but you know to move that many people around like you can't like i i have no idea what the rate of car ownership is in say hong kong but it's probably less than five percent so anyway uh yeah so you know obviously uh, the, the last week all we did was talk about uh governor cuomo former governor cuomo soon to be former governor cuomo resigning in disgrace uh as the governor of new york and this week i think we're just going to mainly be talking about uh, this situation in Afghanistan because uh, Joe Biden uh, it commenced it commenced the the withdrawal of troops from Afghanistan. Uh, it's it's an arrangement that was originally reached uh, under Trump to pull troops out, I believe, by May of this year. Um, and Biden, once he took office, pushed it back. Um, you know, for whatever reason. I mean, he pushed it back initially he pushed it back to 9-11 which like i i don't know maybe like read the room dude that's not <laughs> not really the best i get you're trying to do it symbolically but i feel like you're not sending the symbolic message that you think you're sending um by doing it then but well uh, he said he wanted to get it done by then but it's it's just it's like what a macabre thing to do right <laughs> like hey let's get it done by the day with that that we you know came up with this fake justification for going to this country in the you know place. we we better beat the beat the japanese and the nazis um by the year 1961 uh before december because otherwise right. that'll look bad right we don't want to uh, do it by we gotta do it before december 7th <laughs> otherwise uh yeah might as well not do it at all no well, so here's you know, the thing here's the thing is you know, the, the the Trump and the Taliban, Pompeo and the Taliban, came to this agreement before Joe Biden was even the nominee. They right. came, they signed this agreement, this withdrawal agreement, this agreement they negotiated. They began negotiations back in 2019. Uh, to their credit, you know, Pompeo's raging, fucking bloated fascist. To their credit, negotiated an actual exit strategy with the Taliban. All right. And in February of 2020, in Qatar, 
they signed the agreement. So everyone who's like, oh, well, this this is too soon. There's no exit strategy. They haven't, you know, they, they don't know what they're fucking talking about. Because this 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 is the exit strategy. When you have negotiated peace with the people you're pretty sure are going to take over once you cut and run, uh, this is this is how you do it. This is how you make sure that the Taliban takes over and there's no bloodshed. Right. Right. And, you know, to, to you know, kind of sucks, though, for the, the puppet government we put in there that they weren't part of those negotiations because <laughs> their president had to flee the country. Uh, and he was in the news today saying, um, you know, yeah, I didn't want to get hanged to death because that's what the right. Taliban did to the last president they took over with in 1996. They hung him and his brother. Um, so it, it does appear as though we have a kinder, gentler Taliban. Um, but I would credit that with the fact that this was negotiated with them. Right. So, well, I mean, and the thing with the Taliban now, and obviously the Taliban that existed from 96 to 2001, which started out as an insurgency and then actually ended up becoming the legitimate government of Afghanistan, like I said, from 96 to 2001, after a four year long uh, pseudo civil war, um, uh, we're definitely pretty brutal and right and you know right wing uh fundamentalists they you know instituted a, a pretty strict interpretation of sharia law nobody's saying like yeah that's a great fucking uh you know government that we want people to live under but again we had no business going there in the first place like the the flimsy fucking pretext of oh well afghanistan is supporting al-qaeda and al-qaeda was responsible for 9-11 so therefore we should go into afghanistan and rid them of al-qaeda which by the way we did like 10 fucking years ago we we got al-qaeda out of there and you know the idea that we're going to somehow you know al-qaeda is not just like a a, like a, a finite group of people like every time you invade and occupy a country in the middle east to root out terrorists you're just going to create more fucking terrorists like you're just you're going to be you're going to kill civilians and kill their families and radicalize people who have no other option but to turn to the one group that's saying to them hey here's you know some money and some guns and a place to stay and a purpose uh you can either join with us or you could just kind of you know maybe starve to death waiting for for food rations to get here that aren't coming what the fuck do you expect them to do like that's that's what we've done in the middle east uh for as long as i remember since 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 world war ii that's what we've been doing in the middle east is just wreaking havoc and caught and creating more terrorists by killing more civilians that's and, right but that's that's on purpose right, right like that's right. what you that's the the point was to enrich raytheon and bechtel and halliburton you know and blackwater and nbc <laughs> cbs right fox you know all all that's all of that is is very deliberate you right know? like any right anybody design. who anybody who knows why you torture someone knows that you, you don't get reliable information from torture you get false confessions from torture that you then use as intelligence to justify larger campaigns of warfare right, right. that's that's why we tortured people right and you know like to, to the people who want to say well we had to get al-qaeda uh taliban was on our side on that one and was gonna do it for us people have been reposting this uh headline bush rejects taliban offer to hand bin laden over <laughs> <laughs> and this is just this is just like you like reads as such like a typical 
like of of course this is what the response would be right so President George Bush rejected as non-negotiable an offer by the Taliban to discuss turning over Osama bin Laden if the United States ended the bombing in Afghanistan. This is from Sunday, uh, 14th, October 2001. So this is like like uh, only a month after 9-11 happened. Returning to the White House after a weekend at Camp David, the president said the bombing would not stop unless the ruling Taliban turned bin Laden over, turned his cohorts over, and turn any hostages they hold over. He added, there's no need to discuss innocence or guilt. We know he's guilty. In Jalalabad, Deputy Prime Minister uh, Haji Abdul Kabir, the third most powerful figure in the Taliban regime, uh, told reporters that the Taliban would require evidence that bin Laden was behind the September 11th terrorist attacks in the U.S., but added, we would be ready to hand him over to a third country, third-party country. So all they... All they did was say, hey, like, just show us some proof, show us some evidence before we, uh, you know, go in there guns blazing to capture bin Laden for you. Right. right. And their response was, we don't need to prove anything to you. It's like, well, if you know he did it, then show your homework. That's not hard. Right. right? Like, OK, we know he's we know he's guilty. OK, well, so then just if you know he is, then why is it so hard to show us like that looks fucking suspect. And the fact that you don't want us to just hand him over to you and save you uh, $2.6 trillion and thousands of lives. Like, nope, nope, you don't get it. This is our pretext for war. We're only doing the war. We don't care about justice. Um, now, initially, the Taliban did say that they would arrest him and hold him trial in a Islamic court in Afghanistan, which I think that, you know, if you're the, if you're the U.S., you're going to find that laughable, right? right. <laughs> but the, but then they did, the second offer was to just turn him over directly to, you know, a third party country that then would turn him over to United States, right? Which I think is pretty fucking reasonable. Uh, if you had just simply showed the Taliban the evidence, right? That's not hard to do, right? If you if you got a smoking gun, show the smoking gun. Yeah, they would have shown him the fucking receipts of all the weapons they sent him. <laughs> he was fucking fighting, like, fighting Russia. Okay. So here, here's our CIA surveillance of the <laughs> of the two dozen hijackers that we allowed into the country and followed the entire time and didn't stop at any point. And we know that they all had contacts with Osama bin Laden. So like, literally, we knew they were going to flight school, and we knew they right exactly. Right. It's, just, it's it's like when they say that like they know that like the Russia was was hacking or meddling with the election. Like in order to prove it, they have to show that they're doing illegal surveillance right right to, right. to have caught them doing that so they can't right. show their homework because their homework shows their complicity in what was happening right right absolutely so you know uh, the, but the, now you know on the subject of the taliban of today though so uh you know i think and i looked this up the average age uh of an afghani citizen is uh I, I believe it was 18 years old 18.4 years old average age of a united states citizen by the way is 38 you know i think it was like 38 point something years old so damn it's a very it's a very young country i i, I feel 38 point something years old honestly <laughs> some days which is um right about where i want to stay forever right now, uh <laughs> but so it, it's a very young country the taliban themselves are very i mean you see the videos and images coming in they're all really fucking young. They're all like these it's people a, were the fucking, children. Yeah, it's a bunch of teenager, teenage boys driving around bumper cars at the amusement park. Like that's right. the fucking Taliban now. <laughs> right. <laughs> so 
video of the breaking news taliban have taken over bumper cars <laughs> right there was yeah. <laughs> one of the theme parks there was a video of them just yeah and, and uh, you but- see these these videos where they're just like hanging out taking selfies you know like they got the ak's they got their you know robes and everything but like right. they're just they're just standing around they're just standing around and contrast that with the just absolute panic of some of the people you know trying to cling to the side of this fucking jetliner as it takes Ugh. off and you see people falling to their death from from a thousand feet up like hold, holding on to the wheel of a fucking airplane of a, like a large aircraft <laughs> like yeah like where what did you think you were gonna do hold on till they landed in fucking berlin like what Ugh. i i mean I feel terrible for those people that they were that afraid, but like the right. Taliban didn't do that. The Taliban didn't chase those people to the airport. The Taliban didn't even threaten them. Everything they've been saying for months now runs counter to that and acknowledges that like they used to be fucking dicks and that they they don't want to be dicks anymore. And I have right. I have quite a bit to read from that, um, but we can get to that a little bit later. Or right. But so, I mean, just just to give people an idea, though, like you, you hear on the news, like, oh, well, the Taliban have taken Jalalabad and the Taliban are on the doorstep of Kabul. They're not like killing people to take these cities. They're going in peacefully. And like the people in those cities are be, are coming to them and saying, like, hey, let's not fight. Like, you know, we're we're, we're fine with you taking back over. Anything is better than this. U, this U.S. puppet regime, which, by the way. You know, for all of the money we've spent in Afghanistan, you read reports about the soldier, the Afghan soldiers, you know, the people that everyone in the U.S. media are like, oh, well, they just laid down. They didn't even want to fight. They're they're They don't have food. They don't have meals. They, they haven't been being fed like the, the U.S. government. This is just a big fucking Ponzi scheme. This is a big fucking Ponzi scheme, a 20 year Ponzi scheme to funnel money to defense contractors and to all of these fucking sponsors of these bases and all of, and you know the fucking the kfcs that we're erecting in jalalabad and shit and none of the money is actually going to build up uh the afghan government or the afghan military it's it, that's all a front it was all a a fucking you know a, a facade it was like the front of like you know like a fake fucking like the fake town and fucking blazing saddles that they built there's nothing behind it it was all you know like a, it was all a fucking smoke and mirrors act and they knew that the second they left, this would all collapse because it wasn't actually a fucking functioning government or a functioning military to begin with. Well, it's hilarious that you listen to Biden a month ago saying that there, there would be there would be no collapse, like the risk of the Taliban taking over when we've trained 300,000 Afghan soldiers to defend the country. There's no chance of that. And it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> right. And now he's saying that, well, we can't stay there and fight a, a civil war for 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 Afghanistan anymore. It's like, what civil war? What civil war? There hasn't been a civil war since 1996. You were the fucking you were the war. And right. they said the same thing in Vietnam. We in, we tried to manufacture a civil war in which nobody wanted to fight the Viet Cong. Vietnam was already uh, a, a unified country. We just came in and put in an arbitrary border between them to two and right. said, oh, hey, well, this this new uh, South Vietnamese government is now at a civil war with North Vietnam and we're going to fight alongside them. It's like there, there was we weren't fighting with the wrong side. We were the wrong side. Right. We created and, the wrong side. We created. Right. Right. So you, you create this you know, puppet government that has no will to fight. Jimmy Dore said this great last night. Like if 300,000 people in your army don't want to fight, that's not a civil war. 
like the, these people, right. they're like, I don't want to fight a war if I don't have to. We've been fighting wars in this country against each other, you know, in, in between the fighting the Soviets and, and then fighting America. They did have a civil war uh, that ended in 1996 with the Taliban taking control. Right. But it's like, why would you, you know, how, how can 75,000 Taliban fighters beat 300,000 uh, U.S. backed Afghan soldiers by saying, hey, what if we just don't fight? Like, we don't right. want to fight. You don't want to fight. America's seeing, leaving. <laughs> right. So, but you're seeing and you're seeing little to no resistance whatsoever by the Afghani people to the Taliban coming back into power. And that's because the Americans didn't do anything to improve their fucking situation. I mean, I know I, you know, I read pretty extensively about Iraq, how they basically just came in and completely destroyed the social safety net of Iraq and tried to, you know, capitalize the country, turn it into a capitalist country in a country where like 80% of the country was living off exclusively off of government assistance their entire lives. It, I'm sure they did something similar in Afghanistan. It's not, you know, and you see, Oh my God, look, they're painting over this, this mural of a woman, you know, uh, like not wearing a headdress in, in public for the anticipation of the Taliban. Like there's little like um, vestiges of U S capitalism that, you know, they're having to to do away with, but, Again, the Taliban well, are not coming in and saying like we need you. Right. To- they're 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 not. And I, I have some actual uh, from the ground reporting on that. I want to get right. to, but just just to, like because I've been watching this for a while, right? And if they just rushed in and said, "Oh no, no, no don't worry, don't worry, it's going to be fine," that'd be one thing. But they've been saying this for a while because the thing the Taliban wants now more than just having a a theocracy is to have international legitimacy. Is, right. is is to start working with, uh, you know, the world's superpowers to develop their own natural resources. And you keep seeing these articles, you know, like, uh, you know, all the all the, all the minerals, all the minerals the world needs that we need to negotiate with the Taliban to get to. Like, yeah, I'm sure the right. world needs those. Right. But the Taliban knows what they have. They have the country. They have control of those natural resources. And, you know, they they. They don't want to be isolated, right? So I want to read here some of the things that the Taliban actually says, because I, I see so many articles where it, there'll be no quotes from anyone actually in the Taliban, but there'll be like just nonstop CIA analyst quotes. Right. Like, like, like well, who knows what the Taliban wants? We, we'll just have to see. And it's like, why don't you quote what they've actually been saying? Right. So that's what I want to do here. And I'm not saying that this is the way it's going to be. Right. This we don't is know. Just, we don't we don't know for sure, but if you look at what they've been saying for a while and you look at their actions, at least right now, they seem to match. So at least right. for posterity, I want to read some of this. So this is from July 23rd headline AP to reach P- peace deal. This is July 23rd, like before they had taken almost any cities. This is just like before this started to reach peace deal. Taliban say Afghan president must go. Like, whoa, that sounds scary. They're, <laughs> they're coming for his head. Um, but of course the, you know, you get into it, it's not nearly so, uh, so terrifying. Uh, the Taliban say they don't want to monopolize power. Whoa. Whoa. What? (laughs) That's that, that goes against everything else I've been told, but, but they insist there won't be peace in Afghanistan until there is a new negotiated government in Kabul and president Ashraf Ghani is removed. Okay, so they don't they don't like the puppet puppet president. Sure, all right. Uh, in an interview with the Associated Press, Taliban spokesman uh, Suhali Shaheen, who is a member of the group's negotiating team, laid out the insurgents' stance on what should come next 
in a country on the precipice. Like, ooh, they've been on a precipice for, what, 40 years. Uh, Shaheen and the Taliban will lay down their weapons when a negotiated government acceptable to all sides in the conflict is installed in Kabul and Ghani's government is gone. Quote, I want to make it clear that we do not believe in the monopoly of power because any government who sought to monopolize power in Afghanistan in the past was not successful or was not a successful government. Uh, uh, said Shaheen, apparently including the Taliban's own five-year rule in that assessment. Quote, so we do not want to repeat the same formula. Shaheen said under this new government, women will be allowed to work, go to school, and participate in politics, but will have to wear the hajib or headscarf. Uh, He said women won't be required to have a male relative with them to leave the house. And the Taliban commanders in newly occupied districts have orders that university schools and markets operate as before, including with the participation of women and girls. So that's that's like, more moderate than Saudi Arabia currently is, by the way. So, right. like, you know, right. that's, that's so that was, that's that's been the big concern of of human rights organizations is how they're going to treat women. Now, th- this is also the concern that other people have that believe the Taliban is that, you know, in, in some of those r- more rural areas where you have different factions and offshoots of the Taliban that, you know, the orders may not be enforced. Right. So well, right. Um, so it's it's you know uh, surprise. Taliban's not a monolith. <laughs> right. So uh, he continues here. Quote: Those districts which have fallen to us and the military forces who have joined us were through mediation of the people, through talks. They did not fall through fighting. It would have been very hard for us to take 194 districts in just eight weeks. Implying right. that you know, like we we didn't do this by force, right? There there has been zero bloodshed. And, you know, again, I, I think that has a lot to do with the fact that this withdrawal that was negotiated and signed back in February 2020 was with the knowledge that the Taliban was going to completely take over. So when they say, oh, we, we didn't see this coming, like, yeah, you did. Yeah, it was you, in writing. We, we negotiated for <laughs> so, it. By the way, right. but you said there was no bloodshed. I, I will say there were three people killed at the airport. By U.S. troops as they were fleeing for their lives, <laughs> they were shot to death by U.S. troops. So, you know. Yeah, there was yeah. a little bloodshed, but maybe so, not from the side you'd think. So yeah, currently, you know, we said Biden said, "Well, I'm going to send people back in there to to help get our people out." And and currently, right now, the Kabul airport is the security there is being you know preventing people from you know rushing the field of the tarmac, as it were. Right. Is is U.S. troops and Turkish troops, and the Taliban asked them to do that. They they were like okay we anyone who wants to go can go right we're not gonna let anyone we're not holding anyone back anyone that wants to leave can leave but like they're savvy enough to know that if they're the ones guarding the airport that's gonna look bad right. to to the press like oh they're they're gonna, they're gatekeeping who can leave or not so they're just like hey America you could can you do this the airport security for us uh and, and that's so they're like we're st- we're still we have a working relationship with them right now. Right. So right. again, like when you negotiate shit, you you get to keep having a productive relationship. You can keep, you know, people that want to leave. You can try to facilitate that. Um, you know, I, I still think like whoever whoever gave the order to have that U.S. Air Force um, giant cargo plane to take off in a crowd of people right. should be in jail yeah. because yeah. no no pilot will willingly take off when there is an obstruction on the runway, let alone hundreds of human obstructions on the run- runway, unless somebody ordered them to do that against all their training and common sense. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, 
but it's just and again but they're you know and i'm not saying that the people fleeing are like bad people are in the wrong but they've been terrified by the propaganda that like they're gonna be you know executed in the street and maybe some of them are just you know i think there's a, a good number of them who were you know uh, what would be considered u.s collaborators or people that worked with with our government while you know they while we had this puppet government in power you know afghani you know uh, kind of go-betweens for the u.s who are just justifiably terrified of you know the taliban coming back into power right. but you know the that, that's on the address to, that. right the taliban has, has addressed that so jumping ahead a little bit here in time uh let's see here so that was july 23rd they said all that mm-hmm. um so jump to august 14 taliban spokesman says war is over in afghanistan al jazeera august 14th so this is the day before they take kabul right uh so the spokesman for the taliban's political office on sunday declared the war was over in afghanistan and called for peaceful relations with the international community uh spokesman mohammed naim said the um said in interviews with Al Jazeera TV that the Taliban did not want to live in isolation and the type of rule and the form of regime would be clear soon. The group said they respected women's and minority rights and freedom of expression within Sharia law. Now, again, that could be interpreted many different ways. Uh, Now, you know, someone posted a thread today talking about like what it says about women's rights in the Quran. Uh, And it it says explicitly like women can wear whatever they want to wear. Um, uh, women can own property. Women have rights of inheritance. Uh, women right. can't be forcefully married against their will. So uh, now, of course, in Sharia law, it doesn't interpret the Quran quite the same way. So right. open to right. interpretation. So, so there's still cause for concern there. Go ahead. Right. Well, no, I, I just want we, we the, kind of what we're talking about is a little bit of what Ned Price was talking about. So just I guess let me know when we want to we want to play that audio because it kind of feeds into. Sure. Um, so after this bit, we, we should jump onto that and kind of right. get the get the international community's reaction to all this, um, you know, happy fun time Taliban rhetoric that we're hearing now. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, so Naeem said the Taliban wanted to have peaceful relations and was keen to develop several channels of the communication it had already opened with foreign countries. Quote, we ask all countries and entities to sit with us to settle any issues, he said. Taliban insurgents entered Kabul on Sunday and President Ashraf Ghani left Afghanistan saying he wanted to avoid bloodshed, bringing the Islamist militants close to taking over the country two decades after they were overthrown by the U.S.-led invasion. Uh, Naeem said that no diplomatic body or headquarters was targeted in the Taliban's approach, and uh, the group would provide safety for citizens and diplomatic missions, which so far they've done. Uh, Ghani's escape was unexpected, and, quote, even those close to him did not expect it. Uh, quote, we are ready to have a dialogue with um, all Afghan figures and will guarantee them the necessary protection, uh, he told uh, Al Jazeera. The Taliban was seeing the fruits of its efforts and sacrifices for 20 years, he said, and would adopt a policy of non-interference in others' affairs and in return for non-interference in Afghanistan. Quote, we have reached what we are seeking, which is the freedom of our country and the independence of our people. We will not allow... Uh, anyone to use our lands to target anyone, and we do not want to harm others. We do not think that foreign forces will repeat their failed experience in Afghanistan once again. Hmm. So, basically saying, uh, like, we're we're back, 
and we feel that we've, you know, <laughs> we were the rightful, uh, you know, powers that be 20 years ago, but we, we don't want to repeat some of the mistakes that we made. And I, I think that, you know, politically they understand that if they want to be legitimate on the world stage, they got to lay off the, the you know, the, the, the misogyny and sexism. Right. Yeah. Um, at, at least in what they're saying now, it's the same. I mean, look what Saudi Arabia is doing. In Saudi Arabia, way worse on the world stage, you know, than than what we're seeing out of the the early incarnation of this version of the Taliban. But like, that's the same thing Saudi Arabia is trying to do. Is they realize it's increasingly untenable for Western powers to pretend like they're this great, you know, equal player on the on the you know the the world stage in terms of human rights and all these other things when they were doing the shit that they did and they're still doing. So they're at least Saudi Arabia is at least making the effort to pretend like, Oh, well women can drive now and they can attend live events and they can do this and that. And like, that's, you know, I think the Taliban probably saw, you know, the kind of the way that bit that bin Salman has been able to kind of use that PR campaign to gain legitimacy on the world stage, even though it's all bullshit. And they understand that, like, yeah, well, we need to at least make it clear that we're willing to to do that to some extent in order to be legitimate and to keep ourselves in power and to keep resource resources going, like you said, between the, uh, between Afghanistan and other countries to keep trade open. We need to at least, you know, feign legitimacy towards those those human rights areas. And that's where you're seeing, like, the biggest fucking push from all of these cia fucks like in the u.s to just you know uh, to pillory biden about this about like well you what about the women and the girls in afghan you know marion williamson oh please oh, you know podcasters assemble to help the women and girls of afghanistan oh, my God. <laughs> what the f- what the fuck you think anyone is gonna listen to it? you think anyone who's in the taliban is listening to english language fucking left-wing podcasts in america right um, I, I don't know what that was about but that was just the funniest fucking tweet but like Again, I just again, where's your concern for the women and girls of all of our allies like fucking Saudi Arabia? Like the, it's just it's just a fucking hollow, you know, human rights is the number one thing cited uh to justify uh hawkish ag- aggression and to justify, you know, uh opening of 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 relations of like and but it's almost all bullshit. Like we talk about, you know, the 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 Uyghur Muslims in China and there's no from everything we've seen it seems to be a complete cia fabrication the 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 idea that they're keeping them in these concentration camps and yada yada but and then on the flip side you see you know them tout the u.s touting saudi arabia's advances in human rights when we know that they're fucking chopping journalists up into little fucking pieces and carrying them out in suitcases like it's all just a fucking charade the human rights campaign's a complete fucking sham organization they fucking enshrined jeff bezos with their humanitarian award last year which is fucking hilarious because people oh, they were trying they were trying to fucking protect cuomo and his his right his harassment of women so there's a great tweet here from uh somebody named janice turner uh janice turner uh, columnist and interviewer for the times winner of the or- orwell prize for journalism trustee uh trustee of the center for women's justice uh, had a tweet. She said, would President Hillary Clinton have left the women in of Afghanistan to illiteracy, sexual <laughs> enslavement, and murder? 
No, and probably she would have actually violated the agreement we had with the Taliban and, and surge troops if I had to. I never would have entered into an agreement. Right. Um, you know, I, so I, I replied, I mean, Hillary Clinton doesn't want U.S. women to have a university health care, so I kind of doubt she gives fuck all about the women of Afghanistan. <laughs> but she would have surely used that as a, as a uh, as an excuse for ramping up fucking troops in uh, Afghanistan, I'm sure, because she so, never met a war she didn't like. But this is this is still an interesting moment, right? Because we have a completely bloodless takeover of the entire country right. by a group that we've been conflating with as being terrorists and have right. confused with with Al Qaeda uh, and have been told that, you know, they're they're the enemy for 20 years. And suddenly, you know, in, in, a, in a matter of one weekend, they're they've undone what 20 years and two trillion dollars of military intervention uh, had done. It just took it took 72 hours for them to right. completely retake their country uh and and again that's i in large part to the fact that we negotiated this with them um but still it's it's sort of a a you know huge <clears throat> pr blunder that the Biden administration you know has been trying to struggle their way through and and i hate that i have to fucking defend joe biden but to right. his credit he's been out there saying like look it like we had nothing else to do there it was time to get out he, he said <laughs> something that i i genuinely I, it's it, I really agree with it. I'm I'm just really surprised he thinks this. Um, but he's like, look, there's never a good time to withdraw troops. Like it's always going to result in in things like this. It's always like he's like, we we just had to do it. Like we and and you know to his credit, like it seemed. I guarantee you, there there were fucking CIA spooks telling him that this is the absolute wrong thing to do and blah blah blah. And um. And he seems to be committed to doing it. Now, I don't have a, a theory as to why um, I'm not. He's never been a fucking peace advocate. He, you know, he he was well, one of the did, earliest did you, lobbyists for the Iraq war. But yeah, I give him credit for this. Whatever the reason is that he, he was visited by three ghosts in the night, whatever the fucking reason is. <laughs> right. Right. Decided to well, do this. So, he's doing the right thing in this situation. So, some inside reporting uh, has said that Kamala Harris was pushing him to follow through with the Trump agreement to get out of Afghanistan back in April and that she wanted credit. She wanted credit for, you know, pushing Biden left on this. I, I and actually, well, yeah. then, and then once this fucking shit storm hits of like the Taliban coming, rise, returning to power uh, in three days instead of three months, um, it was reported that somebody overheard her saying, they're not pinning this shit on me. <laughs> like, com com completely like i don't want i don't want to be anywhere near this now i you know again it shows how right. feckless and petty she is that she wanted credit and now wants you know nothing to do with it I, even though right. it's still the right decision the, the decision was the right one it's just that she only wants to be near the right decision if it benefits her if, and, and if it's and they, viewed as the right decision in right. the u.s media which and by it the will way be because no one's even going to be fucking talking about it in a week we'll completely it, have forgotten it will be, but I guarantee you it'll be the defining thing that people will, or the news media pundits will point to as the downfall of the Biden presidency when a Republican wins in 2024 is like, oh, well, you know, this is going to be his, this is his, you know, Jimmy Carter, like this is the hostage negotiation moment. This is his Vietnam, like the, all that. So the, nothing has made me more sure that Biden in this case is doing the right thing than the the resounding universal disdain and and and, and vitriol he's getting in the in the cable news media from the fox news is of course but also from the msnbc's of the world 
the worst people in the world are saying he's doing the absolute wrong thing, which makes me hundred percent positive he's doing the right thing. In this what was case. that tweet you shared with me? Some from some oh, fucking so, some, NBC pundit. Yeah, this guy is an MSNBC contributor, Noah Rothman. Uh, looks like a real dickhead. Uh, Never heard of him, by the way. No, me neither. Uh, holy Lord, the National Security Advisor, and this is just in in, in relation to a general uh, imperialism abroad and that that seemingly uh, positive tact that that Biden is taking on it, uh, at least at the moment. Holy Lord, the National Security Advisor just rejected the premise that we need a permanent military presence near Pakistan and Iran. I did rewind it. This is so outrageous. It is testing my commitment to avoid using profanity on this platform. (laughs) (laughs) So this is somebody who's supposed to simply report on national security, right? Not have an opinion, not have a personal opinion on it. And so we have somebody from Biden's NETSEC administration saying that we don't need to have permanent bases along the border with Iran and Pakistan because, I mean, we don't. But it's right. hilarious that, you know, somebody in, in the intelligence community is, you know, admitting that, like, we don't we don't need to have boots on the ground there. Right. And, and that kind of speaks to the kind of warfare we have where it's become more of a, of a cyber war right. and drone war. Right. It's not like we're not going to still have interest there, but he's basically saying, like, we don't need to have people stationed there Living anymore. There. Right. 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 That's all he was and- saying. Right. Right. Which is actually fairly innocuous. But but yeah, again, and you're just seeing and I'm seeing the worst people in the world being platformed. Right. I mean, you're seeing David from all over the fucking cable news and George Bush put out a statement like he's so saddened to see what's happening in Africa. Fuck you. Go fuck your fucking self. I was so mad when I saw that he even had the balls to come out. And, and I knew he would put a statement out. But like, really, it was. You know, it was that fucking that Tim Anderson. We're all trying to figure out who did this meme in real time. Like he just no blame whatsoever. No introspection. No, like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have gone there in the first place. Like just no fucking acknowledgement whatsoever of the fact that he created this fucking problem along with his fucking team of, of fucking demons in his administration. And they're yeah. all being paraded onto cable news, onto the lefty fucking news networks. Oh, uh, did you see this headline? This headline? Um, no. George W. Bush spends sleepless night wondering if he is to blame for long-term collapse of Texas Rangers. <laughs> that is, of course, from The Onion. Well, he did train Sammy Sosa away before he became the uh, you know the, the legendary home run hitter that he was for those, uh, those steroid-laden uh, years. But yeah, no, well, so- I mean, Bill Crystal is every every liberal's favorite Republican now, so of course he gets to have a platform. It's, it's just unreal. Like the people that were listening, that were the people whose opinion we're listening to that fucking lied to us in 2001. The reason we're fucking there in the first place. It's just, it's, it's the news media is so fucking evil and fuck and just disgusting on every level. Um, but I, I guarantee you, like you still like, there's still, there's a poll that was conducted, I think last week and still a, a vast majority of people support withdrawal, even though the number went down significantly because of all the PR uh, being done and it's actually a really great case study in how media propaganda and manufacturing consent works because it was like a 15 to 20 point drop in support for the war or, or, or increase in opposition to withdrawing uh from afghanistan but it's still a majority because people are still people still realize like what the fuck like why are we still there it, there's no reason for us to have been there in the first I mean, place on any given day in the last two years if you asked 
an American on the street if we're still at war. Not should we end the war, but if right. we're still at war with Afghanistan, they'd be like, I don't know. I, I thought we ended that war. I don't think so. They long- were like, right. I, you know, there was, I, I, I talked to people years ago that, were, that said Obama ended that war. Obama, Obama pulled us out of Afghanistan. And I was like, no, no, we didn't. We've still got tens of thousands of people there. Maybe not tens of thousands, but thousands still. Right. And people are like, no, that's not true. That's not true. And it's just it's even like fucking Michael Moore. They're like, hey, Michael Moore, what do you think about the Taliban taking over? And he was like, what about the American Taliban that took the Capitol on January 6th? Oh, and I was like, Jesus sake. Christ. Shut- oh, OK, my God. I never if I never hear the fr- I-, I wish you like, you know, that Twitter mute like a, 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 a phrase function. I wish I had that for my brain where I could just never hear the fucking phrase one six or January 6th ever again. I, you it remember when we were, we were covering that live um, as it happened. Right, right. Because right. it just happened to be happening while we were recording the podcast. And uh, we'd be like, oh, hey, look at this picture. And it was like, it was like the Capitol Guards pointing guns <laughs> through the window right. uh, of the of the Senate floor. And we were kind of like, whoa, that's pretty fucked up. Anyway, moving along. Like, right. it, wasn't, it wasn't like a thing that suddenly we were like, this is worse than 9-11. We were we like, moved yeah. on like in that episode. We moved like, literally, on by the end. Yeah, like, well, let's take the bread out of the oven and then go on with your day. Like, what else does this fucking do? <laughs> but the, 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 the benches were blocking the doors. Like, uh, yeah, okay, and now they're not. So what? what's... <laughs> right. What, what they they left the fucking fence up around the building now so i guess they're safe anyway uh so i just Fuck. wanted well, to so, get i wanted to get some more reported out here yeah because we we've been we've been talking about uh you know all the fear porn that the media has put out there about how terrible and w- how chaotic you know and and the the collapse of afghanistan has been um but you know what what's what's it been like so this was um let's see dated august 16 kabul near standstill one day after taliban's emirate uh again from al jazeera um no one should fear the taliban a fighter said even those who have worked with the government or foreign forces quote we have come with an amnesty everyone can go about their lives he said uh as a painting of um Amanullah Khan, the king who declared the nation's independence, looked down on him. So he's standing in the street somewhere, unnamed Taliban fighter right. being interviewed. Um, there have not been any verified reports of Taliban searches or seizures in Kabul. However, residents speaking to Al Jazeera from Kandahar and Herat last week said they had seen Taliban fighters entering the homes of people suspected of being involved with the former Kabul administration or international forces. So, like, like entered their home so they they showed up and like paid them house call like that that that's it <laughs> like are, were they were they just showing up and like hey could you because apparently all these like the, all the police stopped showing up to work out of fear right so they had like mass traffic jams because like the traffic uh traffic patrol or traffic control officers weren't working right. um and they don't necessarily have lights everywhere they have like people mm. directing traffic because it's a you know third world country right um so, I mean, who knows? They could have showed up there and just been like, hey, like, we need you to go back to work because, like, we, we can't run everything ourselves. <laughs> like, right. we still need everyone. to, and, and they've said this repeatedly. Like, we just want everyone to keep living their lives as, as they have been. Um, we're not we're not trying to shut down the country here. Well, and if they were so, going around, like, killing these people, you don't think we would be hearing about it right now with all the right. fucking faux justification that we're getting for 
you know, tr- not trying to not have us withdraw. Right. Like we've they, been hearing about every know. one of those stories. They know they're where the world is watching them. They know they have the world's attention. So uh, elsewhere, the Taliban seem to just be as amenable to the crowds gathering around them. Uh, outside the national broadcaster RTA, Taliban cited security concerns concerns for not allowing photography. But they were uh, talking about Twitter, which in recent years have become a favorite communication method for the group and its supporters. <laughs> so uh, one of them quoted yeah. here, look, just keep checking the tweets. One Taliban member <laughs> could be heard telling another. <laughs> so like the, And, and, and we're like all just us. like, what? They have smartphones. How did that, you know, like just the complete racism and classism right. we, we have that like, how could they possibly like. It's dude. It, smartphones have been around for fifteen years. Like, what? You, what do you think <laughs> happens to those old smartphones you trade in? Like, I'm sure they right. shipped I'm, off to third world countries. Yeah, they've got like two G cell service. Right, there. right. I mean, Kabul is a city of six million people. You, you, you like, where do you? You, anyway. you think? Yeah, right, right. On Sunday, there were there were social media images of beauty salons painting over the images of women on their windows, something that would not have even been allowed in the first place during the Taliban's rule between 96 and 2001. But the group itself did not seem to make any effort to hide images that may run counter to their conservative beliefs. Gyms still had pictures of muscular shirtless men. A hospital's poster of an Indian female doctor was untouched. Likewise, images of Abdul Razik, the Kandahar police chief deeply hated by the Taliban, had not been taken down, nor were banners and flags commemorating Ashura, a Muslim holiday with special significance to the Shia sect. As the day wore on, people started to come out of the city, come out onto the city streets. I love how the day wore on, like just of like boredom. Like nothing's right. happening. It's just like, won't something happen? Oh, this day is just wearing on me. Uh, anyway, as the day wore on, more people started to come out into the city's streets, including women. And restaurants and shops started to open back up. Streets started to get full. Women could be seen coming out dressed normally. So just like again, like normal is whatever our Western values say, right? Right, right. Um. So yeah, it, it, like it, it, this, this chaos, absolute chaos of everyone, you know, kind of closing down shop for a day and then. Taliban being like, hey, just go back to doing your thing. We're not right. Like, and I'm not even. It's it's not even like it's like I'm not even saying the people who were panicked were unjustified in being panicked because they obviously had experienced like prior incarnations of the Taliban. But the the whole point is like like you said, they know they're on an international stage right now. They know that they need to uh, adjust their 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 tactics in order to to maintain because ultimately all they want to do is be in power and they want to control the economic resources of the country and have a stable uh you know country like no these groups are not you know terrorists by like they're not well first of all the taliban aren't terrorists anyway but they were a right-wing government but you know of course bush conflated them with al-qaeda but they don't want to be at constant war and a constant battle they want to have a stable government that's in their image that they can then go and you know they want to be saudi arabia basically is what they want Right. As as they've said several times, like they've recognized the mistakes they've made in the past and their goal, at least, is to have legitimacy and stability. But again, it's like they also know that like they're on Twitter and so is everybody else, you know, and, and anyone who's getting the, the shit kicked out of them by some Taliban bully, that could go on Twitter and make them look bad. Right. So that's like it's it's a democratizing a democratizing force that like, hey, We've got to worry about PR and anyone right. can film anything and put it on the Internet now. Right. So right. 
it, it's it, it does seem like that level of of international media savvies come from the fact that you know 2001 we didn't have smartphones we didn't have right. twitter right and you just you just had the guns and the quran and some toyota pickup trucks right and some right. rpgs right uh really and now you got all that still but you got you got the fucking you got tiktok um right. so just just to kind of you know now that we've had a few days of nothing happening um it, it seems like the state department and the Biden administration is being a little bit more uh how to say it um a little more confident in their decision right. And I do have a clip here I wanted you to roll from uh, Ned Price, who is the State Department spokesman, little weasel guy. Um, but just listen to what he says here, and we'll, we'll comment on it. Yeah. The fact is that a future Afghan government that upholds the basic rights of its people, that doesn't harbor terrorists, and that protects ba- the basic rights of its people, including... The, the basic fundamental rights of half of its population, its women and girls, that is a government that we would be able to work with. If the Taliban or any government that is to emerge uh, seeks to have the level of international assistance that was needed to sustain uh, the Afghan government over the past 20 years, uh, the words on the paper that emanated from New York today from the Security Council will have to mean something. Uh, that their actions will have to match some of the words uh, that we have seen emanate uh, from uh, the Taliban. So huh. uh, some of the words. So, the words, so there, this right. is, it, it, he's, he's, he's being genuine, but there is another kind of darker subtext to, to that, is that they, they're recognizing, yes, Taliban's in charge now. Right. And, and anything that happens going forward, we have to work with them, which is just that's just a fact. Right. right? But it's right. like if the State Department's already saying like that, like we, we already consider them to be legitimate. They just have to keep doing what they're saying. Um, it's almost like the dark underside is like, you know, they have to they have to follow some of their words. Which really, it's like we know that the State Department doesn't give a shit about women's rights, but they're going to say they do, so that regardless of what the Taliban does, we still get so you know our companies in there for mining rights before China and Russia does. Like that's that's the real thing. Is like Taliban knows it's got all these natural resources, you know, a trillion dollars in minerals that uh, you know tech companies want to be mined out of their mountains. Which, you know, what else are you going to do with them, right? <laughs> uh, I'm just like, right. kidding. <laughs> Pretending though, like there's no wildlife in Afghanistan. Um, but yeah, it's, they, it, I, I mean, I'm glad that there's not a adversarial tone to all this anymore because that's the whole goal of negotiating peace is that you stop with the fucking saber rattling, right. you know? Like right. it, we've had 20 years. It's been 20 fucking years. For them, it's been 40 years. Like nobody, nobody wants that shit there anymore. Um, but yeah, again, Ned, everything comes out of Ned Price's mouth. I, I'm just kind of like, I, he's very weaselly. It's, it's do hard. I, to, do I? Yeah. Do I believe it? Do I want to. Do I want to believe it? I don't know. Well, the funny and the funny thing is, and I, I confess, I didn't know a ton about the history of of you know the U.S. and and Russia in Afghanistan and 
you know, I just knew vague, broad strokes of it. But when I, I really did a lot of reading into what actually, you know, happened in this whole conflict uh, with the Russians in Afghanistan and with the Mujahideen and, and the U.S. created the Taliban. I mean, that this is another thing. You know, we always say the U.S. created Al Qaeda and the U.S. created ISIS, which they certainly fucking did um, by destabilizing uh, Iraq and creating the insurgency, which is what ISIS grew up out of. But um, the U.S. funding the the uh, the Mujahideen, uh, you know, to help ward off the Russians, who, by the way, were supporting a communist government in Afghanistan. Like people don't realize the Afghanis had a communist government from, I think, 1972 up until 92 or up until the the, the uh, Taliban took over um, it was almost directly off of the resources and weaponry that they got from the the uh, Mujahideen in if, during the fucking uh, the Russian, you know, the kind of conflict that they had with Russia, where the U.S. was trying to prevent Russia's sphere of influence from, you know, uh, basically creating another, you know, U, uh, Russian colony out of uh, Afghanistan. But the Afghanistan had a very, uh, you know, leftist go- for the Middle East, at least a, a, a leftist government for a good chunk of recent history and we helped fucking topple that so you know any blame whatsoever for the taliban being in power should fall on the u.s and fall on uh i think we started in 79 funding the mujahideen so you know uh what's his face uh it started under carter then it you know went to uh reagan and then it continued under bush senior so it's just it, it, it it's it's all fucking none of this happens in a vacuum and and this idea that like they were this you know rogue terrorist organization and who knows where they came from but they clearly just hated america like it's all bullshit we never should have went there in the first place i'm glad that it's finally coming to an end and i don't want to hear any fucking right winger or any troops fucking opinion on on you know whether or not we were doing the right thing by leaving because we never should have been there in the first place and it was always going to be a pr disaster for whoever decided to do it so i do give biden credit for deciding to uh end it you know and and follow through with it because he just as easily probably could have you know reneged on that agreement and kept the troops there and you know just said oh, i'll they, pass they this to the next person could have come up with any excuse to go to keep people there so right um you have a, you have a clip of this just completely obnoxious oh, self-serving uh claiming to, doesn't he he claims to be a, a soldier that served in the military in afghanistan i, I believe it he seems like a like a fucking psycho but yeah th- so th- this 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 fucking annoying twat this guy is he's one of those guys who makes those tiktok videos where he's just constantly like smash cutting like really smug reaction faces and like you know sayings together in like those little like 10 second tiktok videos and this is one of them that he put out uh yesterday i believe uh, uh and it, and it really is right up there with the with the with the 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 person that was in the car the chief sport champ you know that that person um <sighs> So yeah, yeah at, here, least, at least this guy wasn't driving a car while he was uh, screaming <laughs> like this. This is so I, I I couldn't even watch this all the way yeah. through. I got I got like the first four seconds into it, and I was like, ew, right? Yeah. You, you, and he's got a very punchable face too. Like immediately, you punch this guy upon seeing him. But yeah, so here's his clip. Uh, uh, Gosh, what a fun weekend I'm having! Hey, if you're one of those people attacking veterans on the internet for lamenting the fall of Afghanistan, you're a bad person. 
I don't much care for your half-formed thoughts about American imperialism as you attack the very people that end-stage capitalism forced into the military. Why don't you go look up how they recruit, huh? Really don't love how you all keep ignoring all the horrific things the Taliban has done throughout history in your scramble to criticize the U.S. or the 41 other countries that are part of the International Security Assistance Force, which was in Afghanistan. Frankly, I don't think you care at all about the people of Afghanistan. You just want to yell at people on the internet and take a huge problem and make it small so that you can attack me instead of, you know, doing the internal work of realizing that international conflict is messy and complicated and often has good and bad parts. But like, what would I know? I was only a part of it. And no, I don't feel bad for going. I was a medic. And nothing you can say will change my opinion of the things that I did and experienced there. I helped the people of Afghanistan. Have you? Oh yeah, no, it was very helpful. It's very fucking out. So, I, uh, do you think that anyone was attacking him or anybody else who was in, served in the military besides me? <laughs> because I'm, I'm <laughs> like the only, I'm like the only person who'll go out there and be like, yeah, fuck the troops. No, no, I, I no, actually nobody do. was I, attacking. Nobody was attacking veterans that uh, anywhere I that think, I ever saw, I, and, and no, certainly not this guy. But I, I do think that there's actually a lot more understanding of the complicity of especially of people who went over in modern times when we've seen especially like you know post-vietnam what the u.s's fucking role in the world is in in all of these conflicts and people who willingly enlisted i mean there was no fucking draft for iraq and afghanistan you went over there you went over there because you wanted to kill some fucking brown people like that i I love how he throws in the term late stage capitalism in there which is just like the most implying that like the that the military doesn't like recruit poor people. Like what was his implication? Cause that's like, it makes no sense. Like what are you saying? I don't. Well, what, it's just, like, it's anyone that uses that term late stage capitalism. Like I, I got news for you. We're just getting started, honey. This is just capitalism. This is capitalism functioning. It's, there's functioning no late as, stage to it. That's, that's like saying that, you know, this is, this is the, it's just like time right. is a flat circle. There's no late, stage to an economic system this accounted for you know the this, the that most relies on misery of, the most amount of population growth i mean do you realize that 60 percent of all the people that have ever lived in human history are alive right now wow that's because of capitalism that's a capitalism yeah <laughs> I, so i you know I, I there was a lot of great responses to him i did want to play one really short really funny one though that uh that somebody posted under that video yeah you're a cunt <laughs> that's it there was another chuckle. one that I couldn't find, and it was this very young teenager, like 14 or 15, and he was just like mimicking the guy's just <laughs> all over the place inflection, but right. doing it by just making noises. Just like... <laughs> like it was, it, he did it better than I can, but that was right. a, a close approximation. Nice. Um, but it, his, it, his it, whole, whole fucking thing, his whole fucking thing, like, how dare you attack the veterans when we were the one? Like, nobody did. You made that video putting yourself up on a fucking cross when, like, literally nobody had said anything remotely like what you were pretending they were. Why don't you stop attacking the people that were forced to go? But it's, you know, just. 
I, I, that that kind of like pretending as though you're the victim and trying well, to center right. yourself, and, and, you know, well, you don't even care about the people of Afghanistan. Like, stop pretending like you did too, motherfucker. You were you were there to make sure that our shock troopers who were murdering people uh, got to go home without any boo boos, right? Like, you're not you're not, you're not there to build a nation or to help people. Or to save women. You're there to fucking kill people. That's right. your only job there. And by the way, every one of these people, oh, every one of these fucking people who's like, oh, well, don't don't criticize the troops who went over there and they were just trying to do the right thing. They all, to a man, claim that they were a medic or like like a fucking cook. They not none of just it just by so happenstance that none of them happen to be the people that we've seen. You know, the countless fucking troops that were over there terrorizing and murdering fucking civilians in Afghanistan and Iraq and Somalia and Libya, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. None of them just happen to be those people. They all happen to be these fucking non non-violent, you know, peaceful people. I'm sure I'm sure that's just a total coincidence that all those people happen to be the ones making well, videos on Twitter. Except for Pete Buttigieg, who had one of those shit jobs and tried to like whip it <laughs> pretend, up into something right. that was pretend as though he was, you know, uh, oh, I, I was I was out uh, driving missions. It's like you Did drove you people from one side of the base to the other and never left the fucking green zone, you Did- little fucking rat. People were sharing uh, from Buttigieg, one of his like the, his glowing profiles in like Vanity Fair or whatever magazine. Just a funny anecdote uh, from like when they were following him in his house. Uh, he takes a seat in front of a huge resource and mineral map of Afghanistan. Was one of the lines from one of those. <laughs> He's got a mi- mineral and resource map of Afghanistan oh, in his fucking house. Like what a psychopath that guy! <laughs> oh, I saw I saw somebody uh, tweeted out. Pete Buttigieg declares himself president of Afghanistan. Afghanistan, you have spoken. <laughs> people of Afghanistan, people of Kabul, your voices just, have been heard. Just uh, real quick, real quick though, on that guy, the Patrick Lawler guy from from Twitter. Someone found this uh, tweet that he since deleted from from May of last year. Uh, I deleted all of my dating apps. What happened to romance? I just want to steal a girl from a village I'm at war with. So I'm sure he was just a medic and a peace-loving, uh, you know, nice guy that just wanted to, yeah, go fuck yourself. You know, really? Well, like, it's, you know, we certainly were not sending our best and brightest over there. Um, you know, we, we have the most sophisticated intelligence apparatus in the world with the NSA, the CIA. Um, you know, all the branches of the military have their own internal intelligence and this is a quote from one of our many boots on the ground that actually was going door to door with a machine gun to kill people. A guy named Jonathan Rosario, age 31, Army infantryman. Uh, he says here, they were telling us to go into the villages and ask them, where is the Taliban? And the first time we asked the question, they were like, oh, yes, on Taliban. And we were like, uh, do we just shoot this guy? He just admitted he's Taliban. So we asked our interpreter, and the interpreter said, Taliban means student. They're all students. This was very confusing. (laughs) Wow. Unreal. (laughs) Like, no knowledge whatsoever of what the words mean, or the culture, or the significance. None of that. None of that. And when, whenever they, you know, the, the, army the cia does have to 
basically engage in uh, cultural surveillance, um, it, it's only to better subjugate the people we're occupying. And to right. do that, they right. recruit from U.S. academia on college campuses. We used to go after uh, you know, post-grads to try to get them. That didn't work out. So now we're going after the actual faculty. There's a book uh, I, I own called Weaponizing Anthropology that goes into exhausting detail the lengths that the CIA has gone to to try to recruit people from U.S. academia to be part of you know, the, the cultural intelligence wing of the CIA uh, you know, to better understand the target, essentially. Mm. So, yeah, very sinister. But yeah, just like this is, you know, people like, oh, what have people served our country? They're fuck. They're a bunch of fuck ups. They're a bunch of fucking idiots who, you know, oh, I just I had to get a job. I had to do something. I had to serve my country. Go to the fucking post office. Go deliver the mail. Like literally, there's there's hundreds of other government jobs that don't involve very well paying by the way with a good pension, crimes. right? Yeah. Right. So, yeah, you know, it, yeah, it, yeah, I just anyway, it, like, but it, it's just it, not yeah. an excuse. There, there's no fucking no, right. excuse to um, there's another thing here I was going to share. Oh, shoot. Well, but I mean, ultimately, you know, I, I just at the end of the day, though, I, I think this is a good thing. I think, you know, it, it's going to be uh, the defining moment of Biden's presidency, probably for the wrong reasons, because people are going to use it as like a you know mass <laughs> negative but it's the one good thing he's fucking done since he's taken office so far if they had any um, fucking smarts he would use his his favorite term bipartisanship to say you know look this was this was the trump administration that started this we followed through with it because it was the right thing to do and that that negates criticism from all sides that's all he's got to say um so i found the thing i was going to reference here this was this is from the intercept yesterday uh, I don't have the headline, but basically, like we left all of our fucking military gear behind when we cut and ran because it cost too much money to pack everything out. So we just leave it. Like so, we we pay to fly all these tanks over there, and then we just leave them because we don't want to spend the money to clean up our mess. Um, right. So, <coughs> so this is from a headline that says, "Uh, the uh." U.S. Army's facial recognition technology is now falling into the hands of the Taliban. <laughs> so it's just like, okay, so getting into the article here, the uh, so basically we, we had all this facial recognition technology because we um, in our war on terror we were using biometrics to help identify Osama bin Laden and other terrorists during the 2011 raid on his Pakistan hideout. But according to investigative reporter Annie Jacobson, the Pentagon had a goal to gather biometric data on 80% of the Afghan population. Jesus Christ. Like, and then this, so this guy, this is hilarious. I don't think anyone ever thought about data privacy or what to do in the event that the system fell into the wrong hands, said Welton Chang, <laughs> chief technology officer for Human Rights First, himself a former Army intelligence officer. Uh, human rights first, and you right. think that facial recognition to gather biometric data for eighty percent of the of the Afghan population, and you think that that's the the U.S. military was the right hands. Continuing my theme of no U.S. U.S. created human rights organization actually gives a fuck about human rights. They just are a fucking front for imperialist 
uh, narratives uh, like we've seen out of the HRC and out of this fucking group, which I've never even heard of human rights first. I mean, but re- this is, I mean, again, and I said this to you when, when I, when I, you sent me this initially, I was like, so clearly this is just like a pilot program for the U S domestic mainland, right? Like they just oh, want yeah. to see how they, they could fucking, you know, biometrically they, track the entire population. Right. Well, this is, this is where they test out their new toys, you know, right. they figure out which ones work and then they bring them back here and use them on, on protesters. Right. Right. And that's, you know, like the, I just saw this in the, in the news, uh, somebody's selling a full prosthetic face mask that you can wear that looks like a face, but is designed to <laughs> confuse facial recognition cameras. I mean, you could just put on any any right mask and it would do the same thing, but it's designed right. to look like a real face. And of course, it looks horrifying. It, it looks it looks like uh, it looks like fucking, Tim Pool. Yeah, it looks like Tim Pool. It looks like Laura Loomer. <laughs> Um, right. or, or it looks like, uh, Ryan Gosling when he puts that mask on and drive, right. you know, the, the, the stunt driver mask, and right, he's just right. like sitting there staring into the mobster's pizza shop. Just like they can, they can still see you even with the mask on, dude. What are you doing? Right. <laughs> of course they don't. And then he kills him. He's more conspicuous when you're wearing a fucking creepy mask than, than when you're just sitting there like yeah. normal. But yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I just, yeah, it's, it's horrifying, but it's just par for the course. And that's what always happens when we are either either leave or are drummed out of an area that we've been occupying. Is that? that oh, my happens. God. I just I just saw this video of uh, Taliban fighters at a dance party dancing to this fucking hip hop song. And one of them's like playing his AK-47 like an air <laughs> guitar. I got I got to send this to you while that's we're still on the air here. Um, I don't know if, if you can play the audio real quick. Uh, uh, I, I can't. I, I have to download it. For, it, it would take too long, but I'll. Yeah. Uh, we'll just hit play on it just for a second. Just I want to hear your reaction to this. <laughs> this is fucking ridiculous. So you can hey, they're hear the audio. responsible. They're doing it. They're having an outdoor gathering at least. <laughs> it's, it's under the. <laughs> so it's it's all these guys in their twenties with their AK forty sevens and robes, and they're dancing to this fucking hip hop song. And this guy's literally got his fucking AK up, and he's playing it like a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking hilarious. So I mean, yeah, and you know, this is not an accident that this shit gets onto Twitter. This is this is fucking hilarious. Um, but yeah, so. <laughs> Well, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in Afghanistan, regardless of whether or not the Taliban actually mean what they say. Uh, we shouldn't be there. We have no business being there. It's not our country to run. It's not our job to tell people how they should run their government. And you cannot force a system and a way of life on a people who have been living a completely different way for hundreds of years. You know, it's just not something that we can or should ever attempt to do so i I think hopefully that's the lesson learned by the people because of course the people in power don't give a shit they know all these things already they just want to keep the fucking money flowing to the defense contractors but hopefully the mass populace understands that they're being fucking lied to on a constant basis when it comes to all of these countries and that they don't allow it to stand anymore but well we'll forget we'll uh we'll make the same mistake again in 20 25 years but you know the the thing probably the thing that that you know, resistance movements, you know, armed resistance to U.S. imperialism, be it the Viet Cong or the Taliban, have on their side is time. You know, you think the Taliban didn't know full well what worked in North Vietnam was time. Right. Just, right. You know, like eventually they're going to get they're going to get tired and they're going to leave and you'll have whatever you want. So like that 
you know, that's that's it's, the biggest motivator is is knowing that you have the home court advantage and eventually the away team has to go back home. <laughs> right. So, yeah, you just wait them out. You make them spend more money. And that's how that's really how we beat the British. Like we didn't like physically, you know, beat the British into submission. We just made it too fucking time consuming and expensive. And they were just like, all right, fuck it. This is not worth fighting for. Keep this shitty little you know, plot of land that you have yeah. over there and whatever. You well, know? The, the British did come back several times and try to make they did, a, I another, mean, another attempt, but it was, but, but it that's, was you know, that happens. Did, you get a new guy in there and he's like, ah, fuck it. You know, I'm not, I'm not standing by this. Yeah, we're we're going to yeah. try again. Well, the problem is that in New England, it gets really fucking cold for half the year. And it's right. kind of hard to fight in a war when you're fucking getting frostbite. Right. Um, I don't even have snowblowers back then. I could, I can't imagine what I would have done if I had to. No. shovel this thing with a with no. an ancient fucking you know a metal and wood shovel um you want us to march where when <laughs> right, right what <laughs> right yeah go fuck yourselves um all right well on that note uh i think that wraps us up for today but uh if you want to support the show rate and view and subscribe on apple pod or well anywhere you get the show <laughs> i don't promote them anymore because they suck um follow us on soundcloud soundcloud.com slash move left facebook.com slash move left idiots uh we have a new logo by the way which i'm sure you saw mm, in the thumbnail of this episode right. new logo uh, just dropped <laughs> uh yeah so go uh, and I'll, I'll be making merch of that soon so i guess you know keep your eyes peeled for for any info on that uh patreon.com slash move left uh and i'm on twitter at move underscore left uh yeah and i'm on twitter at bike slutty yeah, we'll see you next week.